This is the Daily Signal podcast for Thursday, March 23rd. I'm Samantha Sherris. Our guest for today is Randy Landrino, president of U.S. Investor. His organization's mission, he tells us, is to restore to America something that has been actually just totally destroyed by big tech. Randy and I caught up at CPAC, and he joins us to discuss the patent system in America and the challenges he and other inventors are facing. We'll get to my conversation with Randy right after this. Want the inside scoop on what's happening here at the Heritage Foundation? Check out Heard at Heritage, an all-new show replacing the Heritage Events podcast. It'll feature cutting-edge analysis and thought from leading experts in and across the conservative movement and, of course, the Heritage Foundation's premier events and programming, brought straight to you. Check it out at heritage.org podcasts. Joining today's show is Randy Lanterneau. He's the president of U.S. Inventor. Randy, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Glad to be here. I am very excited for our conversation today. But first and foremost, can you tell our audience about U.S. Inventor and its mission? So U.S. Inventor is a nonprofit. We're a 501c4. And our mission is to restore to America something that has been actually just totally destroyed by big tech. Um, and what that is, is that... Um, if you're an inventor and you invent something really valuable and you get a patent on it, you're supposed to have the legal ability to stop a large entity from just taking it. And that is what our patent system was created for. That's what worked so well in America for 200, 200 years, what enabled us to lead the world in innovation and stay ahead of our adversaries, etc. And uh, big tech uh, got a law passed about 10 years ago that really drastically uh, destroyed that. It, um, Made it made it virtually impossible now to stop a large entity from in, from simply taking what you have invented and patented. That's very interesting. And for our listeners, they might recall a similar conversation that we had previously on the podcast for Innovation Race. Uh, you were a part of that. Uh, I believe it came out. That movie came out back in November. And something that that movie um, looked at was, you know, similar to what we're going to be talking about today. And these these challenges facing U.S. inventors and and uh, you know, could you speak to more? I know you were just talking about big tech, mm-hmm. sort of the challenges and and um, what you know in- inventors in America are facing today. Yeah, and it's and and think about this: it's inventors, but it's also in a big way it's startups, right? Um, what is it that would compete with big tech? It would be a startup with a patented technology that big tech, whichever big tech entity that they would be, uh, you know, taking part of their market. That entity could not simply take it. Now, now they could out-innovate that small entity. Of course, that's typically not what happens. The large entities, once they get huge, their time and effort is protecting what they have. It's not trying to come up with something better that might put their other business out of business. <laughs> but some guy or girl in a garage, they're the ones thinking outside of the box. Like, like you know, like those who look. Steve Jobs, uh, Bill Gates, when they started, they were those guys, mm-hmm. and and they had a good patent system to help them. Uh, of course, now they become huge, and they don't want to face those startups. So as, as an inventor, um, obviously, the, the thing that gets created, the technology, is created by typically one or maybe two individuals. And so now you have something that didn't exist before, that is very valuable, that others really want. And what a patent does for you is it, one, because you're, if you have the legal ability to stop an infringer, a big entity, entity from taking it, then you can do a lot of things. One, you can have a startup, you can, you can attract capital for a startup. 
very important. How, how can someone invest in your, in your startup based on your patent if the patent can be invalidated, which we're going to talk about in a minute. Mm -hmm. And that's what has happened. And, and they did it on purpose. They wanted to eliminate future competition. But what it does, though, it affects any invention in any industry that's truly valuable, because there will be a large player or more than one who actually uh, would like simply to take it. And, and I got to tell you, for whatever reason, when corporations get very large, they appear to lose their ethics. And, and I'm not saying it's 100%, but maybe they start being run by attorneys who are uh, ethically challenged. <laughs> not, not, nothing against attorneys, but you guys know what I'm talking about. And we need laws that kind of uh, encourage them to do the right thing and, and th that don't encourage them to do the wrong thing. And, and what we have is, is encouraging the wrong thing. You just brought up laws, and I wanted to ask you what you would like to see in mm. terms of, you know, at the congressional level, about two months now into the new Congress, what would you like them to focus on? There are really three key issues. Um, one is this administrative court that was created by uh, a, a bill called the American Vents Act. Now, now, prior to this, all your battles on patent infringement would take place in a real court. So you have real court, you have a jury, you have a lifetime appointed judge, you have a lot of due process, and it, it was fair. And it wasn't cheap, but you know what? If you had a good case, you could hire an attorney on contingency. That's where you don't have to pay them much, but you, they share in the winnings if they win. And uh, that worked, it was, it was a very workable system. Well, what, what the law created, the American Vents Act in 2011, it created an, administ an administrative court with no judge and no jury. Hey, you know, that's, that goes against the Constitution. You know, the Seventh Amendment says you get a jury trial for, for a, an issue like this. Somehow it's, it's weathered the various storms and gotten through the Supreme Court a few times, amazingly. Um, but that, Supreme, that, that administrative court is so unjust, and I, I, we don't have time to talk about it here, but numerous examples I could give you of game-changing inventions, some of which your, many of your viewers have used or absolutely know about, where the inventor came out with it, it didn't exist before, it was a huge hit, and some large entity has stolen it, and, and invalidated the inventor's patent at that administrative court, which, by the way, invalidates 84% of the patents that it fully reviews, 84%. Wow. So there's the administrative court. It's called the PTAB, Patent Trial and Appeal Board. We'd like to see that gone because it's, it's unconstitutional to begin with. Either gone or perhaps the ability for a small entity to opt for a real court instead of being forced into that. Now, there's another issue, which is uh, injunctive relief, okay? used to be, an injunction is a legal term, that's where you can stop somebody from doing something. used to be if you won your case, your patent infringement case, you could stop the infringer. Like, duh, you know, why, why, why fight them if you can't stop them? Well, there was a case that's referred to as the eBay case, a Supreme Court case, where the court uh, decided that it was in the, in the public interest, oh, that's a word you don't want to hear, right, in the public <laughs> interest. Um, someone's property rights are about to be taken, right? When you hear that, in the public interest for the infringer to keep producing the invention because basically they could serve the market better than the startup. Well, wow. So the precedent now is that if you win your case, you have to pass a public interest test to get injunctive relief to stop the infringer. So if you jump through all the hoops and somehow get to a win, which is almost impossible these days, you can't stop them and you have a... a a judge telling you what you get, you know? Come on, this is, this is all right. And then how are you going to have the next great American startup? You're not, because they, they keep the market. You don't, you don't get to take it. Um, and how are you going to get funding if, if you know, again, um, even if, if your investors know, in the end, you're not going to be able to stop them, how much can they invest? And that's, by the way, 
That is a key, key point. China has actually strengthened their patent system. They've actually copied, to some degree, our patent system now in the last few years, specifically to attract capital for startups based on Chinese patents in key areas, key future technologies, where we have uh, shot ourselves in the foot. Funding that should be going to American startups is going to Chinese startups, and they're creating the next Silicon Valley. And this is a serious security threat. But so, that, so you have the, 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 that administrative court, it's all wrong, it needs to be gone. We have injunctive relief, we need to have it back. And the third big thing is referred to as the abstract idea. It used to be, I don't know if you can hear behind me, someone is singing very well, <laughs> quite, quite loudly. Um, anyway, a lot happening here. So it used to be that what was patentable was a pretty wide, pretty wide group of, of a pretty wide area. Pretty much anything's patentable, subject to is it novel, is it useful, um, is it, there's a term called non-obvious, right? Um, so, so if it fit all these other, other um, uh, qualities, you could patent it. Well, the Supreme Court came in with, a, they call this the Alice case. Uh, they said, well, but you can't, you can't patent an abstract idea. Well, you know, I don't know if you ever, I don't think you ever could patent an abstract idea, but the thing is they didn't describe, define that in any way. And now you have this whole area where attorneys for infringers can, can really make hay and make these great arguments to judges who may not be so knowledgeable in the area. And about 65% of the time, and this is for typically software related kind of patents that really deal with some of the most important technologies like, like quantum computing and artificial intelligence. And they, can, they convince judges that, oh yeah, that's an abstract idea, and they invalidate the patent. And those are the same types of patents that in China, you can get a patent that holds, that is defendable, and you can get funding for. And again, it's another reason why China is going to eat our lunch if we don't fix this. So, so what we do at U.S. Inventor, it's usinventor.org, we're working very hard to help get legislation introduced, and Thomas Massey had a great bill last, last Congress. Uh, you know, Thomas Massey of Kentucky, he's great. He yes. went to MIT. Also in the innovation race. Yes, yes, yes. there you go, there you go, yes. yep. He uh, went to MIT, he has 29 patents, he had a startup, a tech startup based on those patents with funding because of the patents. It was, he, he's so good, so knowledgeable, great guy, in a lot of areas, of course. <laughs> um, but his bill would get rid of all those three things and did more than that even. Uh, you know, it, kind of ambitious because it does a lot, you know, in Congress, they, they want to only do a little bit, which is not, in my opinion, the, the way to go. <laughs> but but we, we helped get a lot of co-sponsors for that, and uh, either he or another will introduce a good bill this Congress, and we'll be pushing hard to get it passed. The thing that your viewers could do, I, I want to encourage you all, definitely watch Innovation Race. This is a fabulous movie. It'll, give, it'll really give you the data, um, and, and you'll want your friends to watch it, too. Uh, anyone who cares about America will love this movie, and, and it's not. Look, you got you got to know the truth, right? You got to be informed. You can't you can't put your head in the sand. You got to see what's really going on because if you don't fix it, things just get worse and could be very terrible in the future. The other thing you can do is go to usinventor.org. It's usinventor.org, and sign our inventor rights resolution, and that'll that will be show support for what we're doing, which is important. We have about eighty thousand members, but when there's a call to action, we'll let you know. And we, we actually have stopped some terrible things from happening. Patrick Leahy, before he retired a few months ago, was about to try to put something into uh, the omnibus finance bill, and he was going to do it. It was, a, it was absolutely about to be done, and all of our members around the country calling their senators and, and shining light on what he was up to stopped it. And so we, we, 
So in addition to getting something good passed that'll fix the system, we're working very hard to stop bad things. Because I will tell you, big tech is working hard every day with an army of lobbyists to do things that are all bad for, for we the people, I'm telling you. And it's only being totally alert and aware of what, what's happening and ready to fight as we are uh, and to step in and, and do things and, and make people aware of it as this grassroots movement is. That's, that's how you can stop bad things from happening and, and also make good things happen. So that's what we're up to. So usinventor.org and definitely sign the inventor rights resolution. I also wanted to get your thoughts. I mean, the U.S. is really known for its, you know, inventions and its, you know, success in technological advances. And what we've been talking about here um, is very concerning for a number of reasons. And from your perspective and as an inventor yourself, what are some potential consequences should the U.S. not get this under control? And, you know, from how, how has this been impacting you? Mm. Well, you know, I... I, I'm an inventor, and I have three patents. Nothing that has made it yet, but but so I have some great ideas that I haven't really done anything with. Because once I got into this fight, it's like it's like a full-time effort to try. It it's like I could not. I, I had to fight the fight because because when I when it started, 2011, uh, inventors didn't have a clue, and so many people were in the dark. And of course, that, that bill got passed. We didn't have a, enough of a voice. But a couple of days, a couple of years later, another bill was about to be passed, a terrible bill. Big tech was fully behind it. And I found another inventor like me, and we actually went to the Senate, which before that, I didn't know you could go there. You know, you can go to the House and the Senate. You can go get in, the, get in those buildings, go to every office and talk to people and, and make something happen. Um, and what we've grown from he and I to now about 80,000 people. So now we have enough behind us to make things happen. I mean, look, it's still a huge fight and big tech has way, way more, right? They also have a ton of money, which is a big problem. But um, um, I would say this, for myself, I haven't really even wanted to file a patent or, or invent anything. It's like, I'm, I'm until we get this thing fixed. And there are a lot of inventors around the, around the country who are, who are just, like, they've, they've kind of decided to boycott the patent system and hold off on everything because as it is now, if it's really valuable, I mean, I'm telling you, if it's not that valuable, you know, you put your patent on the wall and your friends are impressed and and everything, everyone thinks you're smart, but it, it doesn't, it won't get attacked because it's not, you know, something the big guys want to steal. But if it's really valuable, that's where you run into this terrible problem. So I would say long-term, oh man, if we don't fix this, one, this has been a key part of what has made America different than the rest of the world. You know, it's, it started at the very beginning, 1790. And this is very interesting, especially for, I know a lot of you viewers, this is something you can use to help convince some of your friends that our founders weren't as sexist as they might claim they are, right? Um, think about 200 years ago. Women didn't have a lot of rights 200 years ago. In the Patent Act of 1790 under George Washington, you might know what I'm about to say. Do you know? No. Okay, <laughs> all right, all right. Good new information. I'm learning something, yeah. In the Patent Act of 1790, Inventors were described, this is the bill, third ever act of Congress under George Washington. Inventors were, were described as he, she, or they. Oh, wow. Giving women all the rights of men when it came to patents and copyright. The other thing, too, is the word right in our Constitution, directly in the Constitution, only shows up with respect to patents and copyright. Uh, the Bill of Rights came later. So this is a, an extremely constitutional issue. 
it was so revolutionary. Our, I mean, our founders said, you know what? Forget the aristocracies of the rest of the world and how they do things. We're going to do something totally different. We're going to say, whoever you are, you come up with something new, you can own it. You can own it. Man, what an incentive for the little guy yeah. to do something. And no, none of the rest, now later, you know, when, when we started really jumping ahead of everybody, they, they took notice and they started trying to create their own patent systems, mm -hmm. which, which weren't as good. But, um, but this is such a key part of our country. And, and we totally take for granted that when you are out innovating your adversaries, you're pretty darn secure. Mm -hmm. When you're not, you're not very secure. And that's a, a key problem right now between us and the CCP. By the way, there's a group here at the, C, at the CPAC that says we shouldn't, say, we shouldn't be against China, we should be against the CCP. And, and she has a good point, they have a good point. It's not, it's not the Chinese citizens. Mm -hmm. Most of them are probably on our side, would love to be like us. It's the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party. And I'm telling you, this is a huge threat. We have to stay ahead of them innovation-wise, but we also have to have the basic thing that America was and is and, and was intended to be. Uh, otherwise, we've lost everything. So I, I say for the future, one, just for our plain old security in the world, we have to bring, this, bring back innovation and, and the rights of inventors and startups, but also just for the the dream of America, you know, the American dream. Um, it's, 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 it is, it's, it's everything. And so I'm, we are totally at usinventor.org. We're totally committed. We're in it. You know, when, when we started this fight, we weren't getting any support. I personally went totally broke fighting this fight. And then suddenly we, we started getting support. And now, now we're an organization that has grown enough. And by the way, any of you out there that want to support us financially, uh, we're, we're a nonprofit and we need your help. But definitely become involved actively in helping us when we have a call to action where your your lawmaker mm -hmm. may know nothing about this until he or she hears from a constituent that really matters. Well, Randy, thank you so much for joining us today. I will be sure to include a link to usinventor.org so our listeners can take a look at that. And we'll also include a link uh, to Innovation Race, uh, the movie that we were talking about earlier. So if they want to watch it, they can do so. Um, Randy, thanks so much. Thank you. And that'll do it for today's episode. Thank you for listening to the Daily Signal's interview edition. If you haven't gotten a chance, make sure you subscribe to the Daily Signal wherever you get your podcasts and help us reach more listeners by leaving a five-star rating and review. We read and appreciate all of your feedback. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day. And we'll be back with you all this afternoon for top news. The Daily Signal podcast is brought to you by more than half a million members of the Heritage Foundation. Executive producers are Rob Bluey and Kate Trinko. Producers are Virginia Allen and Samantha Asheris. Sound designed by Lauren Evans, Mark Guiney, and John Pop. To learn more, please visit DailySignal.com.